Hello and welcome to Cavalcade of America from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Claude Rains with Ray Collins in a new play about Tom Paine called In This Crisis on the Cavalcade of America, sponsored by DuPont. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Those are words of Thomas Paine, written more than a century and a half ago in such a crisis as America faces again today. Those words and Tom Paine who wrote them are the subject of our play tonight. This play, written by Robert Richards, is about a true story and about a legend. But Tom Paine would say that it is true. DuPont, maker of better things for better living through chemistry, presents In This Crisis with Ray Collins as the stranger and starring Claude Rains as Tom Payne. It is New York in the year 1809. In an upstairs room of a little house on Grove Street, an old man, sick and bedridden, waits for the darkness to come. His housekeeper, Madame Bonvie, speaks to him. Oh, now there. Are you quite comfortable, Monsieur Payne? Uh, quite, Madame Bonvie, quite, thank you. Now, is there anything else I can do, Monsieur Payne? Nothing, thank you. Front door locked? Yes, yes, Mr. Payne. Good. I don't want to be annoyed by a lot of lunatics bursting in here as I was yesterday. No. I'm not long. Yes, yes, Mr. Payne. Good evening, Tom Payne. Good evening. Huh? Oh. Good evening. It's been a long time. Let me see. You came to see me last that winter. Seventeen seventy-six. That was the last time, wasn't it? Monsieur Pen! 
Officers of excise. We're aware of that, Mr. Payne. I must ask you to be as brief as possible. I shall be brief, my lords. In all loyalty and in all humility, His Majesty's officers of excise wish to call to your lordship's attention the fact that their wages were set by law nearly 100 years ago, and they never once in all that time been readjusted. It is no longer possible for these officers to live as honorable, self-respecting men on what they now receive. Mr. Payne, is your purpose here to obtain an increase in the salaries of His Majesty's officers of excise? It is, my lord. Mm. For myself, I am disinclined to hear more. If the salaries of these officers have been adequate for nearly 100 years, it is the most powerful of arguments that they are still adequate today. Am I right, my lord? Quite right. 
Very definitely. Mm. And as to honesty, Mr. Payne, you will find that we have very positive means of enforcing that. Anymore? <laughs> I think that will be all, Mr. Payne. All? Am I to understand, Lord, that this is all you have to say? Do you question our verdict, Mr. Payne? Question it? I not only question it, I question your right to render it. And before God, I'll find out one day how it is that some men are born with the right to enslave others who may not even question their enslavement. <laughs> Mr. Payne, you may consider your service to the crown at an end as of this day. I had already so considered it. Well, how was it? Will the old boys give us another quid or two? I'll give you nothing. But what did they say? They said that what was good enough for your great-grandfathers is good enough for you. In short, they said no. Well, come along, lads. We'd best be getting on. Sorry I failed you. You did the best you could, Tom. Well, um, we'll see you back at Lewis, eh? Yes, I suppose I shall be back at Lewis. Good evening, Tom. Good evening. Good evening. I, um... Uh, it's so dark, I'm afraid I don't recognize you. No matter. I am sent by a countryman of yours. Countryman of mine? Yes, an American. Dr. Benjamin Franklin. Oh, then you mistake me, sir. I know Dr. Franklin, but... I've never been in America in my life. But you have been thinking about going to America, haven't you? Why? Yes. I know a good deal about that country, Tom Payne. Uh, Dr. Franklin has spoken to me somewhat about America. Yes, but I flatter myself that I know even more. Oh, don't misunderstand me. But I have a curious knack of knowing what men will do tomorrow. You're something of a prophet, then? In a small way, yes. Who are you? Time enough for that. The point is, you have been wishing that there were others who believe as you do. That you might find them and talk with them. And together with them, seek out some better way of life. Yes. I have wished that. With all my heart. Suppose I were to tell you that there are such men in America. Who are you? You come to me speaking in idiots. How might it be? Because you are a man who knows the sound of truth. Listen. In their hearts, the men of America are saying this to each other. That all men are created equal, endowed with their creator with certain unalienable rights. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Do you believe that, Tom Payne? It's enough to be a battle cry for a whole new race of men. One day it will be. By the way, Tom Payne, there is a ship called the London Packet leaving very soon for Philadelphia. I will only sure that this is not a dream. It is a dream, Tom Payne. But every forward step that men have ever taken since they lived in caves have started as a dream. Would I meet you again in America? Often, I think. Remember, Tom Payne, I promise nothing. But this can be the beginning. If you wish it. I do. Wish it.
tuned to Claude Rains on the Cavalcade of America, sponsored by DuPont, maker of better things for better living through chemistry. As our play continues, Tom Payne has arrived in America, is now the editor of a magazine in Philadelphia. Come in, come in. Oh, Mr. Payne. I was just thinking of you. You are certainly to be congratulated, sir. Am I, Mr. Aitken? Ah, do you realize, sir, that since you have been editing the Pennsylvania magazine, its circulation has nearly tripled? I think perhaps congratulations for that are due more to you as owner than to me as editor. <laughs> come, come now, Payne. The credit's yours. I meant, sir, that it's the business of an owner to be concerned about the profits of his publication. It's the business of an editor to be concerned about the contents. Why, uh, yes. So it is, I suppose, in a way. Our contents have been most unprofitable lately, Mr. Aitken. What? Well, not to my mind. Mr. Aitken, there's a smell of powder in the air. There's smelling anger on every April breeze, and we give space to men who still believe the world is fair. We will not tolerate these rumors of rebellion. It is our policy, the policy of an ostrich. I am in business. Well, I'm not. Mr. Payne. Uh, what's that? It sounds like every bell in Philadelphia. Bells? Can someone be dead? I sound too full of joy for that. Perhaps we'd best go see him. Mr. Payne, Mr. Aitken, Ryder just came. There's been a battle. The red coats fired on the minute men at Lexington. Good heavens. But who won? Our men drove them back, sir. The people are talking about raising the militia. I'm going out. Maybe a few courageous men can stop it. I'm going to. Wait! Come from Lexington, Concord. It's all true, you know. I knew it had to happen. That's what I like about you, Tom Payne. What's to be done about it? Tell us what you mean. Thirteen colonies spread along three thousand miles of sea coast, all wanting something different, all with petty jealousies and conflicts. thing they have in common. Yes, if they had the sense to see it. What do you think they want? Independence, doubtless. But how many men now, in April 1775, believe as you do? There are some. Some is not enough. Then there must be more. Someone must tell them. Someone must burn that word independence on their hearts as though it were written in the point of steel. And who is to do that? Why, I will. If no one else. So you'll become a revolutionary pamphleteer. Hey, Tom Payne. I'll become whatever I must become for the cause of freedom. Then you should know this. There'll be no turning back. You'll be swept into the very vortex of it. You'll make converts, yes, but you'll make enemies as well. You'll be misunderstood, reviled, persecuted by men of your own time and of generations yet to come. There'll be no peace for you, Tom Payne, now or hereafter. How do you know this? Who are you? You've asked me that before. Now I want to know. Very well. I, Tom Payne, am the first and last citizen of a country known as the United States of America. 
A country that is yet a dream that may or may not become reality depending greatly upon you today. I am not one man. I am a nation. I am that posterity which one day may judge you, but which you today must judge whether it is worthwhile to you that I shall be or not be. It is said. And now you know. Not that I care now, but um, is there no reward for one who fights against the tyranny of this time? Yes, Tom Payne. And perhaps someday, when your need is greatest, I'll come and tell you what it is. It's a small matter. I've made my choice. So you have. Listen. That time came will someday be known as the spirit of 1776. But that's still a long place away. Oh, yes. But if men will believe what you and I believe, there'll be that sort of spirit in 1776, won't there? That's only common sense, isn't it, Tom Yes. That's only common sense. Common sense. They never thought at first that the obscure editor Tom Payne wrote that pamphlet, Common Sense. But the words went ringing through the countryside like an alarm. You remember those days, Tom Payne? No more metaphysics now. Bring the doctrine of reconciliation to the touchstone of nature. And you tell me whether you can head out to love, honor, and faithfully serve the power that has carried fire and sword into your land. But what you say, you can still pass the violence with you, and then I ask, has your house been burnt, your property destroyed, your wife and children destitute? Have you lost a parent or a child? If you have not, then you are not a judge of those who have. But if you have, I can still shake hands with the murderers, when you are not worthy of the name of husband, father, friend or lover. You have the heart of a coward and the spirit of a sycophant. They listened. They believed you and they fought for independence. But even that was not enough. 1776, the fall of 1776. Do you remember that? You were with the army of General Washington, what was left of it. Four wretches driven through the mud and sleet of northern Jersey. Hungry, freezing. Well, gentlemen, it's hard enough to say it, General Washington, but we'll profit no more blinking at the facts. We're out of ammunition, out of food, 
They've got us on the run. Most of this I blame on you, Mr. Payne. On me, sir? Yes. It was your common sense that first persuaded me to independence. Oh, I've never wavered since. I tell you not for 20,000 pounds a year, but I endure what all of us have endured for faith alone. Son, perhaps this time for variety it's good news. Captain Marsden reporting, sir. Well? It's more desertion, sir. Whole company this time. Where did they go? Home, I suppose, sir. Home. We'll have a home to go to. Well, thank you, Captain Marsden. Yes, sir. Good night, sir. Good night. That's by far the worst of it. Desertions. It's hard to blame the men, sir. No, I can't blame them. But we'll be generals without an army in another week. Well, gentlemen, we'll meet again tomorrow and take stock and weigh our chances. Good night to all of you and a good rest. Good night, sir. Good night, sir. Are you staying up a while, Mr. Payne? Honestly, yes. I thought I'd try to write some sort of proclamation to the men. Well, good luck to your efforts. Thank you, sir. Oh, Sergeant! Yes, sir? Sergeant. Pitch me good in ink, will you? Yes, sir. It's right here. Here you are, sir. Thanks. Uh, Sergeant, you're a plain man. You know what the rest are thinking. What has happened to us? Why are they deserting us? No, sir. To my way of thinking, it's more than like a faded ammunition. There's something gone out of the men that used to be there. I know, but what's the cure for that? Well, that's up to you, sir. You're our leaders. We're just plain farmers. Here you have to look to when things are bad to tell us where we stand. Tell us the worst of it, then tell us what to do. We'll follow you. You think it's as simple as that? We've done it before, sir. We've never stopped believing in what we're fighting for. If you'll show us how we can win, well, we will. You haven't lost your courage, have you, Sergeant? No, sir. Very well, sir. Oh, thank you. Good night, sir. Good night, Sergeant. Miss Wright, you know, Tom Payne. Why are you here? To tell me that I've failed? No. Perhaps to tell you what will happen if you fail. No need of that. I know. Words won't come. This is crisis, Tom Payne. The last crisis, I'm afraid. No, not the last. There'll be others. But there'll be something else. Let me see if I can show it to you. Look. A United Nations stretching across a continent from sea to sea. 130 million people living and working together, governing themselves in liberty and justice. The sworn enemy of all tyrants and oppressors. The hope of the whole world in time of trouble. The leader of the world in time of peace. Can you see that far? I've seen it in my 
dreams a thousand times. It's all I've hoped to live for, all my faith. It's been my religion. I spoke to you once of a reward. That would be my reward. But there's a special one reserved for you. If you triumph now, this shall be your reward. Each time hereafter that this great nation is in crisis, your words again will guide them and inspire them. There will come a time nearly two centuries from now, in such a crisis as you cannot now imagine, when a president of those United States will carry these words of yours into every home throughout the land, to give this nation hope and confidence. All this shall happen if you triumph now. But why must you place this terrible responsibility upon me? I have not. The times have. Times to dry men's souls. The pen. Right. Yes. These are the times that dry men's souls. Good night, Tante. The summer soldier. The Sunshine Patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. After so many years, I find you here, bedridden, 
and of a certain age, and die. Yes. But you have no regrets? No. None. You are satisfied with all that's passed between us. More than that. I'm grateful to you. And now the day is over. The sun's gone down. At last, the darkness comes. Are you ready? Yes. Give me your hand. Where are we going? Into another time. Another time. I'm old and spent. Will there be a place for me? A place for you. Always, Tom Payne. As long as men love freedom, as you have, enough to die for it. Eight years ago, 
A DuPont manufacturing plant began to turn out camphor in quantity. How is it made? From turpentine, which is extracted from pine tree stumps of cut over southern timberland. Turpentine from the stumps in a complicated chemical process becomes synthetic camphor. And this chemically made camphor is actually cleaner and more uniform in quality than the natural product. And it costs not $3.75 a pound, but something like a tenth of that amount. Most important of all, DuPont is making enough of it right now to take care of all of America's essential needs. Here is a graphic and convincing illustration of practical chemistry at work. A grave wartime threat to America's industrial machine has been averted by DuPont, which brings you in peacetime better things for better living through chemistry. And now, ladies and gentlemen, our star, Claude Rain. All the men who inspired in America the world to be free, Tom Paine was outstanding. Today, every civilized nation in the world is in mighty conflict to determine once and for all time whether those who think as Tom Paine did will continue to build a better world, or whether freedom and liberty will disappear. Thank you. Thank you, Claude Rains. Next Monday, on the Cavalcade of America, DuPont will present another original radio play. Its title, This Side of Hades, the thrilling and romantic story of the heroine of the Revolutionary War, Molly Pitcher. The star, Loretta Young. at the same time, Loretta Young as Molly Pitcher. DuPont is happy to remind you that Claude Rains is now to be seen in the Warner Brothers production, King's Row. And Ray Collins will soon appear in RKO's new picture, Devin Williams' The Big Street. The musical score for tonight's program was composed and directed by Robert Armbruster. This is John Heaston sending best wishes from DuPont. <laughs>